0: Okay, we are back with murder, mayhem, and the military. Um, I know we took a little bit of a break. We had some personal stuff going on, but we're back. And um, I'm pretty excited for this new episode because I know you are very, if someone says it's this, it is that. Like, to you, there's no, you're very black and white. Like, there's no, it can't be anything other than.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Than what it is. So, in this case, this is a very... The
1: evidence points one way. Yeah, i want to be like, hmm, yeah, that's probably that. Well,
0: here's the thing. The, the evidence... There's definitely some suspicious things that go on in this case. And I mean, when
1: it comes to, like, aliens and ghosts and shit, all the evidence points away from them.
0: Well, this is different. This is a suicide. However, it is a very, very suspicious suicide. And the mother is still in the process of... And legal battles with the army because of of it, and and I do have to admit, there's thing, and there's a very suspicious character. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're gonna get into it. So, PP two Matthew Warren Brown was born on September first of nineteen eighty seven, and he. Joined the Army in 2006, right after he graduated high school. He was artillery. Um, I really couldn't get it clear what his MOS was, but all I said was artillery.
1: If I had my phone, I could Google it real quick, but I left it in the living room on the charger.
0: It's okay. I'm not super worried about it. Um, It really doesn't. Make a difference one way or another. Well,
1: that artillery, that could be any MOS it could be field spotter, and all that crap.
0: Right, but it, but but this story doesn't really make a difference. Um, but when he was in the army, he did struggle a little bit. He went AWOL twice, um, to go get cocaine. Um, but he got clean, and he was deployed in 2007, where he was demoted from specialist. To PB2, and he was told he can earn his rank back by the end of the deployment if he stayed clean. Um, for the most part, he did. However, some soldiers did say he did take Valium every night. I don't know if it was prescribed, but that's kind of an important detail, so keep that in mind. Um, well, that ain't that
1: hard to get a hold of if you know someone in the cache.
0: Oh, I know. So, oh, anyway. Geez. So he is in Afghanistan, and I cannot pronounce their their fob, or yeah. Let me see it. I see it. But uh, anyway, so he he's there. Is that a D? Yes, that's a D.
1: Okay, that I'm gonna say it's As Asadabad.
0: Alright, so he is at this fob.
1: fob a
0: Alright. And he is, for most of his deployment, he is on tower duty. He switches ships, but um, he usually just does tower duty and guarding the perimeter. Which is all fine and dandy. That's why I said it really didn't matter what his MOS was. Anyhow, in September, he d- he goes on leave. He goes back home. To California to visit his mother, and he tells his mom that he feels really threatened. He hates Afghanistan. His sergeant and several other people in his unit are slinging drugs across the Pakistani border, and he feels that he is something bad's gonna happen. He's got caught in the middle, and he's he doesn't want to go back. Well, he goes back, and two weeks later, in October, October 11th, or no, not October 11th, so no, no, no. it was April that he went to leave, okay, so, so May 11th, I don't know where I got October from, so May 11th, he goes, so two weeks later, after he goes back from leave, he goes to shift like normal. However, the only thing that's really different is today um, soldiers mentioned that his Valium, he was he was kind of harder to wake up for duty and he kind of acted drunk. I um, think he might have took more Valium than normal, although it was never really confirmed that he did have an excess amount of Valium in his system.
1: So CID didn't do a fucking tox screen on him?
0: I'm not even going to start with the CID. Just wait. You're going to realize that CID really phoned it in in this. So, well,
1: listen, they're a bunch of Jack Reacher wannabes. So,
0: All right, it's this is not even in the same ballpark as Jack Reacher. But we're gonna get into the CID in a minute. So he goes. He was supposed to report at six, and CIC comes and picks him up, and two other soldiers. These soldiers, I don't believe, were on duty at the time, but. They remember these names. So Specialist Torres and Specialist Flannery. And the NCOIC's name is Staff Sergeant Jackson. And he they also pick up Private Brown. Well, anyway, they take him to the tower. Torres and Flannery stay back to hang out with Brown, I guess, help him get situated. This is pretty unusual, but I guess nobody really mentioned anything. Then Torres and Flannery supposedly go to chow. 625, Jackson comes back to go give uh, Brown breakfast. However, nobody ever recovered any type of food. So that's another key thing to remember. But it could have just been a fat guy who just decided, hey, there's the food on the ground. I'm going to grab it. But anyhow, so he goes up with the, the, you know, because he radios up to him. You know, he, no one says anything. So he goes up and he sees Private Brown slumped over like he's sleeping. And so he automatically thinks he's sleeping. But once he gets there, he sees the blood, obvious hole in the back of his head. Now he's still kind of gasping for air but it's pretty pretty apparent that he's about to die. Um, there's blood pretty much everywhere. Uh it's going down. And as I said, um and if you go to the Facebook group, I did post a picture of the supposed guard tower to kind of give you an idea. And so his M4 is, is in between his legs and it's the sling is loosely wrapped around his ankle. And the M4 at this point is actually, like, hanging from his ankle and onto the ground. And as I said, he's slumped over. Um, And then there is a small bullet hole in the window directly to his left. Now, and they never recover any type of rounds. Well, at this point, Sergeant Jackson tries to radio over to the cache he says he doesn't get the cash. He radios over to, I want to say, like, the um, operating whatever. whatever. Um, the CP. Yeah, and, and they couldn't really, he couldn't get that either. And the only thing he got a hold of was the civilian Cobra. And they go get the cash.
1: Civilian Cobra.
0: The civilian contractors, Cobra. Uh, okay. Um. Anyway, and so it, this, as this is going on, this is quite some time. You know, it's like another thirty minutes pass before people come. Well, out of nowhere, Specialist Torres comes back, and this guy is very shady from the get go. He asserts himself into the situation right away. He screams, "He's the only MP." He's going to take care of it. Well, he comes and he pretty much, he starts messing with the scene. Well, shortly after Specialist Taurus comes uh, Major Mayfield, which is the on-call doctor at the time, and a medic. They didn't mention the medic's name, but anyway, they come, of course, to do what they're supposed to do. And they're, they're assessing the situation and seeing if there's any chance of revival. And at this point, there's not. So, now with, and Torres is being super shady. And this, the first thing that he does is, that is, is kind of shady is when the Major gets to the first thing he does is say, Hey, can someone secure the weapon? You would think that that means, you know, put the weapon aside, make sure that it's cleared or whatever. I don't even know how to say make sure it's cleared, just make sure it's not on semi. Well, Specialist Torres actually takes the weapon to another part of the guard tower to the second floor and supposedly clears it and does it with rubber gloves on which I don't know where he got the rubber gloves but whatever and brings it back to the major Uh CID really never uh, said anything about this I didn't think this was weird Now, CAD doesn't get there too. later on in the afternoon. So, so at this point, Specialist Torres, you know, goes and takes the weapon to do God knows what with it and brings it back. And then here's the next thing that Specialist Torres does. It's pretty darn suspicious. He goes and takes a camera and starts taking pictures. However, nobody ever got these pictures. Um... And so, this is kind of weird. Now, other MPs did arrive, and this was about 10 o'clock at this point. So, a few hours have passed. It's kind of crazy. Um, And they've called, you know, CID, and they're waiting for them to arrive. And they're trying to figure out what to do next. Anyway, so more MPs come, I'm assuming maybe to move the body. I don't know, maybe to assess the situation. Well, these are lower-ranking MPs. And specialist horse throws rank at him and says, get the fuck out, I'm the specialist, I'm going to take care of it. I'm E4, you're E2, you're E3, whatever. And tells him to fuck off, pretty much. Which, I think is pretty crazy because, like, you know, even when I was a private and the specialist tried to pull rank on me, be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs>
1: well, that guy was a douche.
0: And... He continues throughout this story that even if, you know, we'll never know if this was anything other than a suicide. But.
1: Oh, where was the entrance wound at?
0: So, so this is interesting, and I was going to get to this in a minute. So the entrance wound was right here behind the ear, um, top right. And the exit wound was uh, his forehead.
1: And that can happen if you have it angled right, but usually, if you're trying to commit suicide, unless you're, like, certain the soul or a <laughs> fucking Gumby, it's going to be pretty fucking difficult to pull that shit off.
0: And you have to also think that even if he was able to do it, where the location of the weapon was when they found it, it was attached to his leg still and fell down. Like, on this floor. On the floor. And then you also have to look at, if you go look at on the Facebook group, I said I have a picture. You know, you've been to some guard towers where the chair is actually a little bit taller. You know, so you can yeah. see out the window. And so, I would think in a taller chair like that, it would be even harder because, like, you can't put, like, the butt of the weapon on the floor.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, hell, you said he was, uh, if it's an M4. Yeah. It's like if you're trying to kill yourself with it. You know as well as I do, those fuckers are short. The butt ain't gonna reach the fucking floor unless you're fucking bending over.
0: Well, right, and so I'm saying he's also in an extended chair. So you had that too. I mean, if you were in a normal sized chair and you were put over, but you'd also have to think they found him slumped over. And it wasn't, he was face down like he was, you know, like this, as I said, they thought he was sleeping. And.
1: Well, the, with a sling. Tied around his leg. That, that's... I mean, that's... that. Every soldier does that when they lay well, down. Well,
0: I know, down. but what I'm saying is, is if he did it from back here, how did it get onto his leg?
1: <laughs> you know as well as I do. You're down range. The only time you're going to have your sling tight, period, is if you're in some kind of special duty or something. I
0: know that, babe. Ceremony.
1: But he's going to have that sling loose, and it's probably a combat sling anyway. He's going to wrap it around his leg just because, like you said, he's on Valium, or he might be taking Valium. He's like, I might doze off. I'm going to wrap my weapon around my sling around yeah, my leg.
0: Yeah, that's not suspicious, but what I'm saying is, if he was trying to fire it from yeah. here, how well, like did I it said, get his le- on his leg? Like I said,
1: even if he didn't have it on his leg, unless you're like a circus performer, or your name's Private Fucking Gummy, you're not going to be able to fucking do that shit.
0: Alright, well, so, so this, so that, that we have that. And so, um, at this point, as I said, Specialist Taurus pulls rank on these people, um, these random MPs, and as I said, I'm surprised that the, that they were like, okay, like, that's not weird. (laughs) So, anyhow...
1: Bunch of fresh crack right out of AIT, what do you expect?
0: And most likely they've probably only been in country for a couple of months or less. But anyhow so now fast forward to about eleven thirty. So this was about ten when he um they finally moved the body. And here comes the next suspicious thing. Is so the Sergeant Jackson and Torres... Then they needed to spend some time alone in the crime scene. So they're up there for about 30 minutes. What
1: the fuck were they doing? 69 on each other?
0: They said they were cleaning it up. Um, but yeah. Nobody knows what they were doing, and they were never questioned about this. But, hey, Doris
1: what's that white shit on your mouth?
0: <laughs> no, but here... So this is, is really kind of odd. And then they go to Private Brown's uh, Chew... And they don't say what he's they're doing, and then of course they go and wait uh, back to the crime scene, and then they go around fifteen hundred. CID finally shows up. And it's two guys, and apparently this time their CID is very busy, and they said that they just need to get it cleared, and so they can go. So, so you can see these guys are overworked, spent, and they really half-ass this. I mean. If anything, they quarter ass it to Colt Bob's
1: Burgers.
0: (laughs) Um, so they don't question anything. They don't, they take a few pictures that, you know, they take the weapon into custody. And when I get to the autopsy part, I will find there's some also very other interesting points, um, that were found on the body, um, and, and one of those things was, you know, to kind of not rule off suicide but make it even harder is whenever you put any type of gun to your temple or any part of your body, it's going to leave a little bit of burning. Um,
1: yeah, powder type of burn.
0: Right. He didn't have any of that. He also didn't have any low back, nothing. Like, so he didn't have it. And he also did not have any GSR on him. So that's also pretty interesting to think that if he had fired as a weapon, he would have gunshot residue. I mean,
1: blood will contaminate it, but if you shoot yourself in the head... It,
0: they they uh, checked his hands and his clothes. But... But... um, So those are kind of interesting points. But to get back to... So CID goes, and of course, uh, one thing they noticed right off the bat that his wallet is missing and his and nobody knows where it is and and this is pretty interesting because all of a sudden it randomly shows up in the body bag in Germany like nobody knows where it was it might have even been stateside where they actually finally found it but it was found in the body bag
1: freaking aliens did it
0: so that, that's really interesting, like, but the wallet itself was not recovered until they removed him from the body bag, which I would assume, I don't know where, as I said, the, the articles, and I'll, I'll get to my sources at the end, were very um, conflicting, but anyhow, but the wallet was not found until their body bag, until they take him out of the body bag, and so that's pretty interesting. And they said that Sergeant Jackson was in charge of securing his items. Um, so they questioned a few people. And a corps Specialist Taurus was the first one to volunteer. Basically says, yeah, he killed himself. He's been really depressed and blah, blah, blah. Even though nobody's really said that uh, he has been exhibiting signs of depression. So basically says, yeah, yada, yada, yada. This guy's a douche. He killed himself, blah, blah, blah. You know, no surprise from this guy who's obviously a, a tool. So CID is like, okay, this sounds like a suicide. They go to his chew and they find a good like a trash bag full of empty like blister packs of Valium. However, this is not your normal run-of-the-mill Valium. It is actually Pakistani grade and it's got some other stuff in it. I'm not quite sure what the compounds are, but it's, it's basically some gosh knows what. And, but the thing is, the bag was just kind of like haphazardly put in, like, they just found it, like, on his bed. Like, it looked like someone had just thrown it in there. So, they're like, well, you know, so you didn't question it. However, other people were like, we've never seen him with that kind of stuff, and so forth and so on. So that was also pretty interesting. That they found this. And, and, and so CID pretty much says, hey, this is a suicide. And, and another really interesting part is they actually rule it a suicide before the autopsy. And the, actually the family had to pay for their own autopsy. Uh, the CID said it was a suicide. As I said, this was before the autopsy and before the official investigation was over, it was ruled suicide. So they still hadn't closed it out, but they said it was a suicide. And um they did and when they and they did do this autopsy, there was no fingerprints on the weapon. As I said, there was no GSR on Private Brown. There is no um, no blowback spatter Which I said is very common When, uh, when you have a c- Close uh, Yeah there
1: should have been Some chunks of skull in that motherfucker
0: Right and, and it was nothing like that Um It, it honestly From the pictures it, it looked like someone came up behind him And was like bam And he honestly didn't see it was coming Poor guy but, but anyway, it's, and then here's another kind of really suspicious thing that happens is just two months after this happens, in the same brigade, over 120 soldiers tested positive for the special volume. And almost 300 tested positive for some type of drug.
1: Some motherfucker was giving that shit out like fucking candy.
0: But no, listen, listen. And so they had to move everyone to Tent City, do lots of drug tests. I mean, it became a huge problem. And then I want to say it was the UN, but UN actually did find Drugs were being passed by Americans across the Pakistani border Um, at this time. However, there was two soldiers named to be in charge, but names were never released, and CID never pressured it. However, the UN still has an open investigation on this, because I guess it's still a problem that... It started around this time, and it is continuing to be a problem.
1: So It's the fucking UN. They ain't going to do a fucking thing. I know
0: that, but I'm just saying that it is kind of suspicious that...
1: It is like, Pakistan, Iran, don't do this. Sanction, sanction. I, and they're just sitting there flipping the bird going... I, boom, boom.
0: I, I know, babe, but what I'm telling you is they did find that Americans were pushing drugs across the Pakistani border. So what I'm saying is, it was found that there was a drug ring. Now, was it the Specialist Taurus and Sergeant Jackson? Honestly, I don't know. But as I said, there's a lot of things that kind of point to they were doing some shady shit. Was it that? I don't know. But they were doing some shady shit. Um, But it's kind of up to you to decide if it was suicide or not. Now, the mother has gotten uh, several PIs involved. She is continuously. She solely believes that these guys were involved. Um, however, I and so she is continuing to pressure the army to op- reopen the investigation, and um, you know, and and that is definitely sad. And and I and you know, we'll never find out if it was a suicide or not. But but you can definitely say that even if it was a suicide that some shady stuff was going on, that maybe he was pressured, or maybe, I mean, there's just obviously some things that were kind of suspicious. But, um, you know, uh, Private Brown, uh, may he rest in peace. And even though he did have a drug problem, he still was a soldier, and he still was trying to do it his, his, you know, his best. And it it was sad he got uh, tied up into this obvious tool of specialist Torres and Sergeant Jackson. But anyway, my sources are VanityFair.com and the Daily Mail uh dot co dot uk and a very short article from the Army Times. So um and as I said I posted a picture of the supposed crime scene on the Facebook group and also put some pictures of Private Brown up there. Um, so, um, I don't know what we're going to do next week. I have some things and, and, uh, ideas. I definitely very soon want to do the Fort Bliss, what happened over there, but I need to wait till some more stuff gets cut because it's still very fresh. That's a freaking train wreck. What
1: the fuck happened at Fort Bliss?
0: Oh my gosh. This is why you should never have an affair. Something about a soldier was having an affair, and to hide it, he poisons half of his unit with antifreeze. Nine motherfuckers. I don't know all the details yet. I mean, it just happened just a couple weeks ago.
1: Nine people is a little less than half a unit, babe.
0: Oh, well, like half his company, or not half his company. I guess maybe his platoon. I don't maybe know. A squad. I don't know. I have to look at the, all the details. They said he, I'm just going by what they said. But anyway, so this guy, you know. And then I did have another one that I wanted to do. However, there is a survivor. So I, I want to see if I can get in contact with uh, her uh, before doing it. Um, and that was an interesting one. That was a sailor who um, is a family annihilator. And so it, it was interesting, especially because there were some obvious things that the Navy missed. But if you have any uh, suggestions, obviously, get can hold on of us on the Facebook group and, uh, and go from there. But we're going to be definitely a little bit more regular now that we've got a lot of personal stuff situated. And so um, we look forward to doing more and more stories. So... Have a nice night and a happy Valentine's Day. Bye.